Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Port. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for What's Craig it? Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Avanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Avanelli spots out. Welcome back to the Board Breakdown Podcast, live on Red Army Radio. Um, I'm Johnny, I'm with Dana and Elliot. And Millsborough picked up four points this week. Um, one point against Hull City on Saturday and all three points against Barnsley. Last night in the wet wind and rain um, at the Riverside. And with Ashley Fletcher scoring against his former club um, to give Millsborough the precious three points. Dana, I want to start off with you. Um... Was it a good response from Hull? I appreciate it. we were two up against Hull. Drew in Middlesbrough now one uh, one defeat in six. Um, so a good response. It was in terms of the result, but there were two complete polar opposite games in terms of performance. I thought the whole game, you know, first half we were really good. Well, up until the sending off, actually, we were really good. Um, but the the Barnsley game, it was awful. Um, really turgid. It was a typical bottom of the table clash. Um, it was. I mean, the the conditions played their part, of course. The the football was very slow. It was just. It definitely wasn't pretty, but you know we needed that win. Um, you know, a third of the season, uh, third one of the season. I've realised that all of them have been one nil wins. Um, so that it's not been rip roaring entertainment, but um, yeah, we definitely, we definitely needed that. No, we we actually we definitely did. To be honest, um, Els. Um, you hosted the podcast last week in my absence. Congratulations! It actually Thanks, felt it actually felt really weird not being on like the podcast I created. It it did feel Is a that bit the first time. You know, first time ever. Yeah. I can't believe you missed a week. That's like know, excellent you... attendance. That I know. Yeah. Well, uh, everyone's got to have an off day. You know what I mean? Yeah. But <laughs> no, it was um it was really good to host it. Uh, I was a little bit even though I didn't think I was when all day I wasn't I wasn't kind of thinking, um you know about it and getting nervous I was like oh, I was just, just chatting all the same and then like the intro was playing and I was like <laughs> oh god what do I, I say yeah. and then like the intro stopped and I was like it just went in slow motion I was like I have to say something um, so I don't know I don't, <laughs> know, what, I don't know what came out but uh, panic button good evening <laughs> yeah anyway chat about butter um, one nil last night what did you think the performance as well? I know Dana said it was a bit of a bottom of the table clash. We're only we're only winning one nil. Um, Adam Clinton got booed at one point as well when he came on the pitch as well. So I'm going to come on to that in a minute. But the Barnsley coach said Millsborough had no direction. Would you essentially agree with it? Yeah, pretty much. He's probably been the only one that's been uh, honest. All the rest of them, because they've either probably beat us, um, seem to be praising us. Like, oh, but else they up. Uh, but the first team that we actually beat at home is the one that's finally been honest. Um, probably because he was livid to get beat, really. But uh, yeah, the, there was no direction. It was a very scrappy game, um, and uh, and more so as games start to go on, starting to think it's. Um, I mean, players have been playing bad in patches, and I think decision making hasn't been great, and finishing hasn't been great throughout the season. But I'm starting to feel as time goes on that. Um, management's playing a bigger part in it than just individual performances. I think the way we're setting up is just completely wrong. It's just, I mean, I know the play. It's I know, wrong. I know we're plagued by injuries, <laughs> um, but I just think the tactics and 
whatever instructions Jonathan Woodgate's setting out, it's it's just not working at all. Well, I'm going to come on to that in a second when we chat about we chat about Hull. But in terms of the Clayton Booze, Dana, um, I'm assuming some of you heard it since there's only about yeah. ten pe- since yeah. there's only like ten people in the stadium last <laughs> night. <Yeah. laughs> um, <laughs> so probably true that. Yeah, to be honest, I, I went and they said eighteen thousand. I can't believe sure it. Sure, no, no yeah. way. Yeah. Absolutely Look, not. about 12 people there and his dog no one there but it, what, do you think it was a bit well is it justified I don't Clayton really because I, I think Clayton's got that little bit of like lead bitter syndrome a bit where like he is he, he is kind of like a legend a bit now where he, for what he's done get, he's part of like that legend team that got us promoted his legs aren't as probably as great as what they used to be but does he deserve to deserves a booze. No, I mean people are probably booing because I think he seems to be cursed at the moment, Adam Clayton. Because um, as soon as as he's brought on, it's like oh, we're being negative, and um, it probably doesn't help the mid uh, the substitution on uh, Sunday against Hull. Um, but he, he doesn't de- deserve to be booed. I mean, he's coming on to do his job. He's not done anything wrong. It's just I don't know whether they, they were booing Clayton or the substitution. Um, Probably it probably was Clayton, but you know for all that he's done for this for the club, um, I know he came here with a reputation of being a, a goal scorer and attacking midfielder, and we turned him in at the complete opposite. But so was Johnny Elson. Now he's a centre half. I know. It's <laughs> <laughs> crazy that isn't it? Utility player. But I think we do it with every centre mid, really, don't we? I don't know. We were talking about it, weren't we? Like the other day, the other day, the other podcast about um, players that we've changed positions for, but it seems to be a borough thing. Um, but no, he's he's been a, a a cult hero. I wouldn't say legend, but a, a cult hero for um, just his his performances in a Borough shirt. And he definitely doesn't deserve to be booed. Yeah, definitely. I I agree. I hundred percent agree. Um, Thank you. Well, let's one question uh, from like the whole game it, it, itself. But at up the Borough, up Dabor, love it. Um, they said um, Middlesbrough. We obviously we we won last night, um, but we've got five out of the top ten um, in the next few games. Um, do you see us staying above the relegation zone? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Simple right, okay. as that. Yeah, straight up answer, Jeff. Um, no, I, I can't see it, to be honest. I, I don't think that's helped anything. Uh, Barnsley are a poor team. Um, and yeah. I think, you know, we we scraped a win, pa- uh, scraped past them, really. I don't think coming up against... We've seen about... I'll start again. We've seen when we've played decent teams this season how it's went, even if the scoreline hasn't necessarily reflected it. Um, but there's just so much quality in other teams that you can you can see that wasn't on display last night. And if we keep setting up the way we do, if the injuries um, keep happening, um, it, I, I can't see us staying above it. I, I can't see where our next win's going to come from. We were kind of banking on trying to get two out of these two games, which we should have, and we'll get two with full. Yeah, but... Um, yeah, I can't see where it's going to come after that for the next win, really. Well, the home games look a little bit easier than the away games. I, I think guess. And you've got the likes, guess, you've yeah. got likes of Birmingham, Sheffield Wednesday, you've got... Um, Sheffield's away, isn't it? Sheffield's well, away. Yeah, because we, we got hammered by them for one. Can you not remember oh, that yeah. game? <laughs> see, that, that's, that's, that's what I mean. Like, I've, I've just threw that out of my head and just like try to forget about everything and then, you know, here we are. See um, Gary Monk last night with uh, Pep Clotet. Didn't shake hands, did they? They are not friends anymore. <laughs> yeah. Gary Monk is a very toxic manager. Very a very toxic yeah. man. Yeah. Like, isn't it weird the the whole like James Featherstone agent story, and then you know at Leeds, like you see the Birmingham Twitter liked. account, the the tweet they put out from yeah. the oh that yeah was, that was brilliant. Um, yeah, it's, it's just it's just great when official accounts do do something like that, but. Uh, yeah, he's just... I, I just can't... I guess when it first started, he was like, obviously, what, second club or third, I see if you count Swansea. Um, but now everyone's knowing his ways, and I hope after this chef wed job, he gets, doesn't get a job again, because he's slimy as. Well, mm. So, yeah. He seems like a wrong'un. He, he is a, a wrong'un. He is a wrong'un, to be fair. But let's be a bit more positive, since you just didn't think we're going to win any games in the next five um, <laughs> we'll chat about Hull and we're going to chat about the first five, 35 minutes we were turning up I thought we were playing absolutely marvellous within that 35 minutes before Johnson got sent off and we could probably push it to the full first half I think that full first half was really good it's good tempo it was probably, probably one of the better times we've played this season to be honest 
Do you think that, obviously, it, it's a bit of a an easy question, but do you think the Johnson Red card completely changed the game, or is it a bit more of, well, get as well, because there's two parts to this, because, yes, it was a stupid tackle, and it, yes, it is definitely a red card uh, for Johnson, but the decision-making from Woodgate could probably play a part in the draw as well, so... Johnson, red card, yes or no, Els here. Pretty yeah, much all I think all it, I think it, it. was yeah. a, a red card. It was quite similar to Savile's, really. He left his leg up when he went in. Um, whether or not the player was injured is a different question. If you go in with the intent, um, it's, a, it's a red card these days. So, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Do you, think, do you think Johnson was the main reason why the game changed? No, I mean, it obviously didn't help because it messed up the game plan, but I don't think at 2 0 up you should be throwing a game away like that. The decision making from the manager was just so stupid you've got two left backs on the bench all you needed to do whether it was bring Fletcher or Britt off was just bring one of them off and just put someone at left wing back that's all you needed to do and then alright yeah we could sit back a bit and defend but still try and hit them on the counter instead what we done is we brought on a centre mid went six at the back which was like because Tav at one point was playing left wing back and McNair had to come back and help him out because he didn't know what he was doing so Tav was a fourth centre back so the, we had four centre backs, um, Dykesteel at right wing back and McNair at left wing back, and we just tried to defend for forty five minutes. It was the worst half of football I've ever seen. I don't know how you can go out with forty five minutes and just try and defend. Obviously, it was going to happen that they were going to score. Obviously, the first one was an incredible goal. It's great strike. Um, but in the second one, it was always going to come. They were all over us. Mm. How many times did they get in behind? And then the uh, big striker was it Jackson Irvine? Is it? It's either him or oh, what's his name. He looked like a B Tech Andy Carroll, if you ask me. It's yeah, it's some uh, Tom Eaves. Right, Tom Eaves. Yeah, he was when Tav was playing centre back. He was purposely just when um, Hull were getting out wide. He was just standing near Tav and just leaving his marker, and then he was just mar- like on Tav. So Tav's not going to compete with him in the air. Mm-hmm. And the amount of times he won the ball, I was like, "What is actually going on here? There's no, there's no plan. Everything that you could see was going to happen. No one was doing anything about it." Um, it was just completely mental how we how we drew that game at two 0 up. I don't know how you can how you can throw it away. Fair enough, you can sit back and try and play it out, and maybe it might have been two one in the end, but you can't do that against. I'm not even saying that they have the best quality in the league, but you can't play any game of football like that. If you're playing anyone, it's just ludicrous. So it was an own goal from Woodgate, but. I kind of have to disagree. I think if Marvin Johnson stays on that pitch, we win the game. Well, yeah, definitely. Like but. for me, it's simple. Like I know, I I understand the frustration it would get. I think it was basically handing the initiative over to Hull to say, you know what, you know, try and try and score. It was basically inviting the pressure. But if if Johnson stays on the pitch, I think we win that game. You know, because we we were flowing yeah, really yeah. well. Like Johnny said, I thought Tav. Like I've been really critical of him. I think the past two games he's been one of our best players. Yeah. Um, he was linking up well with uh, Fletcher, Britt and Johnson on that left-hand side. And he goes and does that. And it's like it's why I'm not fully against Woodgate because you see this season, there's been so many instances where the players have let the manager down. And it's like two, yeah, two red cards. Two, what was it, two on goals now, I think, of Fletcher and, and Housen. Yeah. Um, you know, you've, you've got misses, open goal misses. And it's like... Woodgate can't legislate for that. Yeah, I'd, I'm not saying that he's not to blame, no, but no, I think definitely. that the the players and the team as a collective have let him down massively. Yeah, I, I do agree to a point. It's it's one of them. Like if he stayed on the pitch, he would have won. But I think these scenarios are always going to happen in football, where then you've got to. That's where your money comes in, really. That you've got you can influence the game from there on, and it's kind of like almost like hypocrisy when he said in the Fulham game, "Oh, they're sending off, change the game." And we've had two, we've, two red cards, and, and then when it's when it's against you, the other way around, it's like, well, then, do you know what I mean? It, it should have really, it shouldn't have really meant that in the in the Fulham game. Then it's like it's benefited you there, so you should change something. And then this time it's it's been against you, so you could have changed something. But in both games, no, all right, okay, there was a change made, but it was quite obviously the, the wrong change. It was just who would you have brought on then? Because I know our bench is, I'd have, yikes, I'd have brought on Coulson. <laughs> And yeah. just put him at left wing back and took one of the strikers off and he'd just play a 5-3-1 instead of 5-3-2. I think yeah. it was a substitution to be made 60-70 minutes. See, I wouldn't have done that. Not 45. I wouldn't have done that. I would have, if, I would have yeah, I would have brought on Coulson, but I wouldn't have took him off for a striker. I think with what we were doing in that first half was 
essentially pulling the centre halves out and pulling them forward. So, oh yeah, yeah. and I think with with that you're creating the space so for the counter attack, which we essentially try and play most games. And we we aim for a counter attack. There's no like direction. It is just essentially essentially counter attack of football. I think with them, what we what we should have probably done is maybe taken the likes of I don't know maybe take Dyke Steele off, play House and right back, and then put Coulson in at left back. So you're playing with a four, and you've got like your four three two, and then you can probably delve in with your centre defensive mid. So you could take wing off in the second half, and then put Clayton on if you if you defend the game up. That's how I, that's how I essentially seen it. Yeah, I just thought maybe stick with. I mean, I thought he was always going to take a striker off anyway in general because that's normally the case if you're going to get. Someone sent off in a defensive position. Um, I think in the first half, anyway, when we were playing well, having the two up front um, worked really well, and it was working in spells against Barnsley last night. But it was just a very scrappy game, and the, the rain kind of didn't help as well. But um, having two up top, I mean, there's a lot of times we don't play the ball, but you can see how many times they want it in behind, and that's not necessarily on the floor, but you know they don't mind it a bit off the floor as long as it's not a, a long punt up to them, and they, they basically have to be gested to win it. But they want balls in behind for them to run run on that's how that's playing to um both of their strengths up front um and we were doing it time and time again against um against Hull and the amount of times Britt had the ball at his feet to run at people which is what he likes um, I thought Britt was excellent in that he game was, against yeah. Hull um, really really good but then the second half I don't think he he touched the ball because obviously we, mm-hmm. we just tried to defend but yeah I, I kind of agree I wouldn't have minded if we still stayed two up top because then it gives Hull something to think about they had nothing to think about it was just about them equalising they did not have to worry about us coming to attack because we weren't going to attack when we when we finally did touch the ball we just cleared it away there was no intent to attack it was just to hold out for 45 minutes which it's is... so frustrating especially considering they were awful in the first half yeah like we had Johnny House and right sided centre half and they barely laid a glove on us yeah, it was no, just yeah. nothing it was literally just loud yeah <laughs> it was <laughs> yeah, and and it's, it annoys me so much that we've come out this week with four points and not six. And honestly, I think Marvin Johnson is the reason for it, or the main mm. reason for it. I yeah, think you should take I think, uh, I think that's I, to do. I agree. I, I agree that Johnson is is to blame, but I think I think Woodgate is even more so. I think it's it's a, it's a mixture of both. Like, I don't know. I yeah, don't I agree wanna, with that. I'm not picking sides because yeah. you're like my kids. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. I mean neither. Are. I mean, like I mean to be fair, we, we always do agree with each other. Um, <laughs> usually on the podcast, but. I think just on the weekend, uh, I, yeah, I just wouldn't have done what would get. Obviously, I'm not a manager, but mm. what I'm saying is that I just it was just mindless. I think everyone who was sat around was just like this substitution is a bit weird, and you just knew we were going to defend. And I think you know if you point it down to percentages, I think it's 25 percent um, Johnson's fault. I shouldn't have got sent off. Stupid challenge. Didn't need to do it at two 0 up, but. Then I think the, it's down to then the manager. If you play and make a mistake, you're in control of the whole team. Then you can make a decision. And I think there was better decisions to be made. Twenty-five, seventy-five. Twenty-five, seventy-five. Yeah. Uh, see, I think I think that's the other way around. Because if if Johnson stays on that pitch, Woodgate doesn't have to make doesn't even have to think about that decision. I know, but then what else is he doing with the job? You can't. It's only the the initial game plan that you've got, isn't it? It's kind of this is a this is a Twitter poll, isn't it? Go on, put it on. But out. No, but it's kind of it's kind. <laughs> all, I'm, all I'm trying to say is that with managers in general, everyone's got a game plan. But in football, how many game plans are going to get messed up in the first five? To, think about yeah, think about do. Tottenham. Think about Tottenham and Liverpool in the Champions League last year. Tottenham went out with a game plan that gets ruined because of a VAR handball in the first minute, and Liverpool get a penalty. Then Tottenham have to change the whole game plan. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. It's one of them. The managers then paid for it. I mean, Mourinho done it the other night. They were two nil. Yeah, they were two nil down at one point. Um, he changed things. He did to take off Dyer, did he? He took Eric Dyer, um, Ericsson, and they just starts. And then the one four two. I mean, it's different because it's we're talking about Mourinho versus we'll get here. But <laughs> what what I'm saying is, that's when you kind of paid then to you earn your sort of money as a manager from the trading midweek, setting up the team mm. for that game, doing the game plan, doing the game prep, but. There's always going to be scenarios in the game, whether it's a sending off, whether it's you go 1-0 down in the first minute, whether it's an injury. Um, there's always going to be things that you have to change. Uh, yeah, and I, I just think the changes, not even just in that game, but I think substitutions in general this season have been poor. We're either not making them or making the wrong ones. I've got a question. So. Was that substitution against Hull on par 
with the Brit off. You've been looking Brit at my off. notes, or did you look at my tweet? Uh, is, is that is yeah, that I've heard that. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I didn't Dennis hosting the podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, go on, Dennis. Your podcast, <laughs> no, mate. <laughs> I'll just leave. Go on, see ya. Um, no, but it, that to be fair is it's a note. When I tweeted it, I thought it was a, a horrendous substitution. Like it is actually up there with the likes of of a uh, friend for Brit. Like that was just that that was brutal. But I just even th- I thought that wasn't like. It's on. It's on negative. It, yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. So, it, it was a game that didn't need Adam Clayton. Yeah, like I, I don't think Clayton needed to be on the pitch until. If, like it, later was, if on. it was one nil, mm. I could maybe say it. But the fact that we were two nil up, we could have just continued in the same way. Just sat back a little bit more. Just just drop the line of each sort of unit in the team a little bit, and then just try and play the same way we were playing by trying to get balls in behind to Brit and then maybe even have Tavers the second runner instead of Fletcher doing it. Um, and then Coulson definitely would have helped out a lot because he likes to get forward on that side. Yeah. Um, and then when he does, McNair fills into that position. Mm. So I think with that as well, I'm just going to touch on something else, but with Woodgate's substitution, did it show his naivety a little bit? Because he just made the one substitution in the end, he only brought Clayton on, and he's got a bench on there with loads of young players. Um, not really too much experience, but... Um, it looks to me that they're not ready yet because he's had, he's had chances to play the kids in the games that have just went by. Just went by, and uh, did I say pie or pie? <laughs> you said pie. I say pie. Um, <laughs> First one of the week. Damn it. We're back. <laughs> we're back. Yeah, back with back with a calm beef pie. Yeah, um, but he, the the players don't look ready yet. The younger ones, they don't look ready, so he's not going to take a risk on them. And he's only making one substitution. And he's pretty much going there. Uh, well. I'll live and die by the sword now. Like I think it just shows his naivety. Um, oh, do, you he, do you think he has been a, a bit naive of all the substitutions and with the press conferences as well? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think the subs, I mean, he's a rookie manager, and he's, he's yeah. got to. The subs. Are, uh, we're not even like. I mean, if he doesn't want to play them because he thinks they're not ready, then I think you've just got to do it for kind of. I know it's kind of a cliche term, but fresh legs and just kind of changing the the complexion of the game a bit give the the opposing players something else to think about if you're changing an attacking player or even taking off the defensive player for an attacking player it gives the opposition something else to think about um, and we're making like one substitution which is Paddy McNair off for Adam Clayton it's like what what difference does what much difference does that make it's just the opposition manager will see and be like, okay, so now they're just sitting back a bit here. It also a shows, though, the lack of options that he has. Oh, yeah. Just, well, no, there's no doubt how that, thin yeah. the squad is when you're playing, putting so many kids on the bench. Yeah, I mean, was it Hayden Hackney was on the bench last night, yeah. wasn't he? He was 17. He's sort of first time he's ever been on the bench. So there definitely is. It's an injury-ravaged squad, no doubt. Um, See, like last but, night, I thought when Anthony Dixdale got injured, I thought he was going to put Wood on, play Wood centre-half, yeah, and that then as well, play yeah. House and right back and then it was on the right game Baller came on oh I um, think it was the right game yeah I, think I don't think any any game is going to be the right mm-hmm. game for a young centre half yeah but he's going to he's going to have to learn eventually but <laughs> yeah, I think true. with when ball came on I was like I don't really know like I don't and know right to, back as well yeah and right back like I mean like I'm left footed now I've played right back quite a lot like it, it is like it's a position where like you, you do feel comfortable especially against like a right side midfielder but they have the ability to absolutely turn you inside out and just put you on your ass and it's like that's why I was a little bit worried defending looked a bit um, uh, sort of when they were attacking on that side I was a bit like nervous but then at the same time attacking wise it kind of benefited him I think because it was that one cross where he put in in the first half where it was like an outswinger and it got to Britain sort of it, it sort of bounced off him a bit and the, the rain sort of took it to the keeper straight away um, but yeah I felt sort of the outswinging ball was the amount of times we were in that um, position on the right hand side and it's Dyke Steel or McNair crossing it's always an in swinger it kind of benefited the I'm just going to say MVP of uh, the Barnsley game was the rain because I swear if it wasn't for the rain Ashley Fletcher would not have scored that goal it slowed the ball down because I thought he was going to miss it I, think he was gonna, yeah. I thought he was going to take he it he was wide. very very lucky I haven't oh. seen the replay so I can only really see it he's, from the he's south lucky. I couldn't notice it a lot to be fair fair play to Tav and by the way Tav's played great the last couple of games so when he's, I put he's, that he's tweet mi- out when I put that tweet out the yeah, other day so, yeah. he's got a picture of you on his wall and he's just throwing darts at it yeah, <laughs> I've got the cutlery out but I'm not eating humble pie just yet he's got a hap- he's got a hap- yeah, it's, it's one of them I, I, I was kind of speaking to a, a, a sister and a boyfriend yesterday and, we, um, and I was kind of saying although Tav 
isn't really a world beater. I don't think he's you know he's absolutely changed in the past couple of games. Um, I think he offers something that the other centre mids don't at all, and he's got that quick turn of pace and agility yeah. that that we that we've seen from him in the past. And I think he's uh, he's done well in those positions, and obviously in a, in a three like that as well, you have to do have to sort of come back and help defend. Um, I think he's especially last night compared to Sunday because. Um, Sunday in the second half, obviously, we spotted centre-back. so um, Might have Lewis Wing syndrome, has that one great season, then gets absolutely slayed since. Mm-hmm. To be fair, Wing's th- been off. But I think, I think, um, I think many players are going to try and play that central midfield position. I, I think it's down to the, the instructions and the tactics because I, d- I don't know what it is, but the amount of times I'm watching when the game's just kind of in limbo and it, you know, kind of playing it around the back four um, from the opposition, I'm watching what our centre-mids are doing compared to other teams. I don't quite understand what they're doing. They're whenever <laughs> we, we get we get dragged all over the place, that no one ever central. So when they do pass it back central, I'm thinking, well, where's our centre mid who's supposed to be there? And they're mm-hmm. getting dragged all. I know we're playing five three two, so obviously they're going out wide to help. But I'm thinking, then why don't the the wing backs just push up a little bit? And you could see at one point um, would get like barking orders to say like push out a little bit because when they weren't pushing out on the wings, it was making the the centre mids drop in, and it was like there's no one there. So that's okay. where I think Tab could be an important player because he can receive it on the half turn and yeah, there was a few times he's done it in, in both games. To be honest, he was a little bit further forward than the yeah. rest of them, wasn't he? Yeah, that's why I think that the the reason why I've not I've been critical of him is I don't like him in a deep lying position. I think he's well, he's not. He, he's definitely not a left back. <laughs> oh yeah, no, like a deep deep lying playmaker. I don't think he's that. I think he's just a playmaker. If yeah. if he's anything, based on the last two games, I think he's found a position. But he just needs to keep it up. He was really hard working against Barnsley, and um, yeah, a, a good assist for for Fletcher. Right. Okay. Um, one final question before we move on. Um, you've both said that you can't see us picking up a point um, in the next five games when we, when we play against the top five. Um, loads of injuries. Middlesbrough are now twentieth in the league. Up the borough. Is Jonathan Woodgate under pressure of losing his job? Because a lot of people in, um, when we put the tweet out saying if we didn't win against Barnsley, should he, well, is he under pressure? A good 70% said yes. And a few people, it was I think it was like 18, no, I think it was like 64% said yes, 18% said sack him now, um, even before the game. And then uh, the rest said no. But is he is he under pressure? Because yes, he has been, he has been like sold the dream by Gibbo a little bit. Said he'd be given a, a budget wasn't really given one has a very thin squad we have to get rid of quite a lot of players but on the other hand the results haven't been good enough and you can you can't even see like we look horrendous compared to last year and there's not too much difference in terms of like player and personnel anyway so is he under pressure or would you sack him i think uh he should be under pressure but he's probably not um simply for the for the same reasons we we keep saying week in week out, I don't think he's he's going to get sacked really. Yeah. Um. And if he does, I don't think it it's going to be. I, I just can't see it being now. I, I still think it's too early. Um. For Steve Gibson to sort of pull the trigger. Um. If he, you know, if you think back to the Premier League season and taking on Agnew, um, and not doing anything about that. What what makes you think he's going to do something about this? You know what I mean. It was kind of that was almost the signs of say we're going down. Um, Definitely so the white flag, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, so I can't see anything changing now. We we know the dire situation that we're in with money. Um, it, it was it was realistically going to take the job. Who is any better than Woodgate? Um, that has more drive than Woodgate to maybe do it. So you might get someone in who's just as a rookie manager as Woodgate. But isn't from the area, so why should they care? Yeah. So it's also they'll want a a, a decent transfer budget, and exactly. I don't think we can guarantee that. Yeah, exactly. So well, it, it will be under pressure because I think he want obviously he wants to do. Yeah, well, I think yeah, I think there'll be those conversations else. where it's you know where it's kind of made clear that you know you, you might not have even mentioned you know you're going to get sacked if you're going to if you don't pick up results, but it's got to be like you know we've got to be doing better. Um, the, the, we've said time and time again the squad actually on paper shouldn't be where we are we shouldn't be near the playoffs either but we shouldn't be in the relegation zone 
If you think about Barnsley last night, how many players did realistically would any fans in the championship know the names of? Alex yeah. Mowat. Alex Moore and Corley Woodrow. Yeah. Corley, that, that's it. And you think compared, to, uh, player for player, our squad versus Barnsley's. Mm. You know, I mean? we've signed mm. British on Belonga for 15 million. I don't think they've spent 15 million in the last five years, have they? <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm not the accountant, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what I mean? It's like, it's completely, it's completely um, different in terms of the the actual, I mean, we might be looking blindly at maybe the, the transfer fees and players that our players used to be maybe, but, um, I definitely think on paper we've got a better squad than um, three teams in the league so I don't think we should be going down but the performances aren't saying so mm. yeah, well team you know we always say like there's always you know, we, need you know, find, we always need to find three teams that are worse than us but you're never too big yeah, yeah you're, who, you're never too big is worse than us other than I Barnsley would, I would say Barnsley Wigan <laughs> and I think and Reading the only three teams you've beat Reading have been Given the money that they spent when we did yeah, a yeah. pre-match uh, preview on on them, yeah. they spent so much money and and for what? They've, they've been awful as well. And you know what's really? I think who's going to be in trouble as well? I think Charlton are going to be in trouble as well. I think they've got a thin squad like us. Um, got injuries as well. They fell very very quickly down the table. They, I think they six, started really well, didn't they? I think they're about seventeenth now. Sixteen, right. seventeen. Yeah, I haven't looked at the league table. Yeah, I try not to look at the league table. I uh, just take one game as it comes. One day as it comes, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, they are. They're seventeenth. You're right, Johnny. They're only six points above us. See, I do my research, you know. I do my research. They were second at one point, or top at one point. Yeah, they were. But they haven't won a game since. Well, there's a bit of a, a cut off there, as you can see. So obviously, Barnsley on nine, um, Stoke fourteen, Wigan sixteen, us and Luton seventeen, Huddersfield and Reading eighteen. And then there's like a five point gap up to Charlton. So Luton that, could be in trouble. The thing is, though, five points is nothing in the championship. Oh, no, and yeah, but I can't beat just, anyone. Yeah. Like we've seen like last night, Hull beat Preston 4 0, and it's incredible. I appreciate there's a few injuries for Preston, but a lot of teams are going to go through bad runs. And I think if we can try and pick up a couple of points against these top teams, then we might be okay. It's, it is a, sometimes a little bit easier to play against a bigger team or a better team than yourself because. You've only you haven't really got the expectation to win, um, but also you're gonna have probably more space as well. To, yeah, to I think maybe a, I think maybe away you're kind of good, it's a good point, but I think maybe away it might help as well if you think about QPR. Um, I know not absolutely. I know that maybe not in the top sort of top six as well, but um, yeah, it's one of them. We we play well against QPR, so I think we've we've got it in us to play well. I think it's just like you say, getting those results. Mm-hmm. Um, a whole psychological thing as well, like. Coming out the bottom three is a, a is a big plus. And doing doing it twice in the last two games is again is going to try and build the confidence up. But I think the the club just needs confidence. But also when you're going to come on to a second like a massive a massive change and who knows? But I don't think we're going to go down. The more and more I think about it, I, I did I did think originally that we were going to get relegated and be bottom by Christmas, and it wouldn't have surprised me if we actually still are bottom at Christmas. But I'm going to probably say we're not going to go down. Touch wood. Oh, great. He's jinxed it now. Here we go. League one. See you in the uh, Teesbury <laughs> Derby. <laughs> Man, I might win a few games, innit? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I loved it in the Premier League where we beat Sunderland twice. Yeah. See? That's, what, that's why I came up to watch a few, few, few more away games if we go down. A few like, grounds that you might not have been to in League one. So, mm. yeah, like, like um, who's actually in League one? I don't even know. Like, Burry? I oh, know. Oh, <laughs> no, nah, it's funny. Uh, I mean, I know Luton are in the championship now, but I'm sure it's Luton's ground where the kind of looks like sort of alleys and stuff, doesn't yeah. it? When you like oh, walking in, like God, yeah. yeah, it's like a house. Um, in it. But like I seen the pictures last year when Sunderland fans went there and like the yeah, main stand like, just like on the play, street. I think Stanley or something. Yeah, I, I think Stanley, Stanley must have a little smaller ground. Must be a nice little, yeah, Stanley's a nice little ground. I think Stanley. Is that League One or League Two? League One. Hmm. Well, I like. Um, have you been to Peterborough? Yeah, like I have. Peterborough's like that with the standing at Hope a lot more. It's changed now, though. It's all seats. Is it? Mm. Oh, well, not going there then. <laughs> yeah. I remember oh, you God. Yeah, it was some good away days for Peterborough, weren't they? Well, you won't be playing them anyway. They're coming up, so... Mm. Yeah. They're a good team this year as well, then. But who knows? But I think Charlton will be in trouble. I do. I, like, the owners doesn't want to be there. Lee Boy has, like, got, what, not long left in his contract, so it, it won't take, like, a genius to be like, Ah well, if I'm going to start a manager, let's get Lee Boyer in. You know what I mean? He's got a good record. Yeah. Um, he's doing quite a lot with what he's got. So it's you can 
a bit of turmoil there. You might see it. You might see him go down, but I don't know. Who knows, eh? Hopefully, if it means Borough stay up. I mean, if Borough stay up, they have to, like, completely overhaul everything. Oh, they do anyway. I'm surprised they didn't as soon as Woodgate came through the door. Mm, but sometimes you can change things too quickly and then it gets even worse that's true but like I've mentioned before like a head of recruitment at least what's it called director of football football at least like before Woodgate comes in I mean it just doesn't make sense to keep the the same transfer team anyway I feel like I broke a record I've said this like five times I know I'm sick of saying it but anyway Elliot um, Mr Trend Mr Worldwide um, (laughs) your tweet um, which you wrote on Saturday, I believe. S- Sunday. Sunday, sorry. Listen to this, Dana. Get it right. 258 likes, 65 retweets, and there was quite a lot of comments as well. On the board break, mm. aren't that? I mean, you're not that <laughs> good. Yeah, I mean, you're not that good. <laughs> my, uh, my Twitter analytics that day. <laughs> <laughs> no, to be fair, I haven't looked at our analytics in a while because some of our, our posts are just going sizzler at the minute. So. Yeah, yeah. I love that word. Sizzler, sizzler, yeah. yeah. Anyway, else the tweet itself. Um, go on, I'll, I'll let you take the mic and, and go for it. I mean, I just, I don't know. I was just really. Turn, I was just, just turn my mic off. I was just really angry <laughs> um, after the game, so I felt like I just needed to kind of vent my yeah. frustrations, put something together. But something that wasn't just. I mean, we've, we've kind of reiterated a lot of points on on the podcast over the season, but <laughs> that it's not just a an issue that happened solely with that game, but just in general, that you know how bad the club is run at the moment and I'm I'm kind of in my heart I guess with you and saying we're going to stay up but I don't know it's just me being optimistic um, but really I, like I said I wouldn't be surprised if we went down I really can't see us um, unless there's a, a massive change in something okay we'll pick up a few wins here and there but I think mathematically I don't think we're going to be able to do it I don't think there's a big enough something's got to give I don't think anything is going to give because we haven't got the money to be able to do anything about it. So, I wonder how our finances actually are because we always talk about how well we haven't said cash strap, but we always insinuate that we are. I wonder, like, what exactly is the situation? Whether uh, we well, can go and well, Steve spent a hell of a lot of money no. on this football club, <laughs> and I'm just a custodian. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, like the two sort of points that I mentioned on the um, on the tweet as well. I mean, I kind of re- retracted one in a sense, but I'll, I'll explain them a little bit. So obviously, one was that um, when uh, I was going up to my seat in uh, good old Block sixty two, just above the Red Faction, um, there were the, the stewards. We always, you know, kind of speak to when we go up there. Um, when we were just on about the sort of the situation and that, and he, he was saying they were asked to come in fifteen minutes. Um, later by the club so they'd get like so, so they probably worked on breaks and so on so they'd get paid less essentially but if you think about if that was happened to all of the stewards in the stadium how much money they would have saved doing that um, and then the second point which I kind of retracted because I realised it was for the MFC foundation but um, uh, my niece works in the, the West Stand Upper um, and they were asking or they were told to ask customers um you know, would you mind sparing the last few coins of your change or whatever um, to the MFC Foundation? But what I kind of learned from that afterwards is that it wasn't like a a kind of a tub that they're saving for it. And you kind of say, oh, you know, put your change in there for the MFC Foundation. It was kind of like, um, you know, do you want to donate it to the MFC Foundation? But it still went in the till. So it's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of it's still really like, is. okay, you, you might you might give 3000 a month to the MFC Foundation. Or that's how much the club might give. But who's to say they didn't make... I'm just throwing numbers out there. Who's to say they didn't make 6000 from change doing that? But they're still only going to give 3000 because that's how much they give each month. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of... We don't know the ins and outs of what could have happened with that there. It's a bit like if someone was like, okay, yeah, I'll give money to it, I'll put it in that tub because I know all of that money's gone to the MFC Foundation. It was just kind of still going in the till, so... Yeah. I think there's a lot a of hearsay, like with the stewards thing. Like someone on my course is a steward, and he said that like he works in the East Stand. He said that he he didn't get called in 15 minutes later, but they just don't get sandwiches anymore. <laughs> and it, that made don't me laugh a little bit. They don't get sandwiches. This is he brilliant. just said it so like deadpan. He's just like, 
We don't get sandwiches anymore. Oh, we don't get any sarnies anymore. I, I don't even get a bacon sarnie anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they've stopped making as um, as many as much food as well. Um, sort of, I guess during the game because I imagine at the start that of the season. Sense. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the, I, I guess at the start of the season they probably were wasting a lot because they anticipated more people coming. But as games have went on, um, they, they haven't sort of haven't been making as much during games because now the demand's a bit lower. But yeah, I mean, there's just little things, isn't there? There'll be other ways, I guess, that the club's um, cutting back. And I mean, there was a point last night when um, we walked uh, into the toilets, and obviously it was absolutely flooded in there because of the rain. Um, but there was it was leaking um, from the ceiling uh, through the light, and there was this bucket in there, and this bucket was full of <laughs> water. So it was like not stopping the rain whatsoever from dripping in. And I just looked and I was like, and this this bloke started laughing. I was like, that is the epitome of our club at the moment. That is just relegation written all over that bucket. I was like, what <laughs> what is the point? So, Borough Bucket's Barmy Army. Yeah, so welcome to the Borough Bucket podcast. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, that needs its own Twitter page. We need to make yeah, make a page for the it Borough could Bucket. Be our, our mascot. Do you remember we had that lucky hamster a few seasons ago, like the banner era? Oh, yeah. The there was a, there I was thought you were on about the World Breakdown. Then. Oh, yeah. I was like, I was like we've never had a hamster. No. <laughs> you bought a hamster in the last couple of weeks. Oh, God. Yeah, but, so. but and I, I enjoyed your thread, Els. I thought it was a good little thread. It reminded me like of like the disconnect what we what about yeah. a couple of years yeah. ago, and like something just hasn't changed. Like haven't and probably won't change just due to stubbornness and people's naivety of not wanting to. Um, I think Gibble has spent a hell of a lot of money. <laughs> I knew you were going to say. I think he has, <laughs> and I think it's just like I think you need someone with him to like just say like when. Or if he needs to sell up, or he need because he needs help now. Like it's getting to a point where like he's he's constantly cutting his losses, and like when you cut your losses, Lord, you you lose interest, and then it has a domino effect. Really, I understand everyone. Like the atmosphere at Riverside's absolutely brutal. Like I'm going, I just hear like about five six blocks behind me, just slagging everyone off. And I'm just like, like. Come on, man! Like, Welcome to my world. In yeah, the East. I know, but it's like just like appreciate like you you buy a ticket to like to say your opinion, but like there's just so much like negativity around, and like I don't want, I don't want help it. I don't help it out really because like some of the tweets that we put out are quite negative, but they're just like the I think they're more like, they're more like the, sh- they shed light more. Or anything. Yeah, that's at the that's the performance of the team, isn't it? We can't really yeah at the same time every every single content provider of, of Middlesbrough football content out there whether on any social media channel or forum is reflective of how the team and the club actually is the only the only account that isn't is the actual club itself because they can't do that it's just mm. obviously it would just and be the weird that uh, oh yeah, and the <laughs> but yeah no it, it's obviously the club they'll just come out after and oh, uh match match gallery oh yeah we've gotten to see some <laughs> pictures of us in the pouring down rain at barnsley yeah thanks for this so. thanks for making me look absolutely miserable because i was <laughs> yeah I'm glad I'm not involved I'm in so any of those pictures because uh, I imagine I, my f- I'm a, I can't imagine me ever smiling at the riverside. So. No, you, you were in you one did. of them. Was I? You were in one of them. Yeah. Oh, God. And you smiled when you were on the pitch. Yeah, that was a different thing, though. You were getting loads of free Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> getting we, loads of free stuff. Yeah, we got free sarnies there. <laughs> 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 Thanks, Burra. <laughs> Thanks, 32 Red. Anyway, right, let's move on. Leeds away, sat there. Um... Sorry, guys, I'm going to pass the mic over back to you in a second. But Leeds, Howey, um, Marcelo Bielsa's team flying top of the championship, second in the league. Mark, uh, Jack Harrison's been scoring. Uh, Patrick, ba- Patrick Bamford. Were you going to say? Would, I was going to. I was going to say someone else. I was going to say. Um, I, was, I was going to say Jack Harrison. Jack Rick. No, I was going to say Jack Harrison. But I was going to say Lewis Baker at one point because like, I realised. Was that? He was remember, that Leeds, wasn't he? Remember when they had like loads of Borough players? Yeah, Adam Forshaw was there as well. Mm. Um, but they're absolutely flying. And to be uh, to be fair, I think Bielsa's has learned from last season. They're not as aggressive as they were last year, and I think they're playing some good stuff as well. Um, Bamford's becoming a bit of a Tory. Um, he was anyway, he's he? a bit. He's a tar. I thought like I thought he was more of like a Lib Dem, and then like <laughs> now he's like a fully blown Tory. Um, but yeah, let's let's pass on. Like, so let's go for it, guys. Leeds United, how we? 
Do you want to start then, or do you want me to? to um, go? If, are you good to start? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, it's so polite in this podcast, it. no. It's so polite. <laughs> it's because we had. It's because we we finally disagreed for the first time ever on the podcast. So now we're just being polite right. to each other. Well, so. as this semi disagreed. Yeah, I, I, I do agree that it was a, a bad substitution, but I think it was. Well, more we'll, we'll see. We'll see the. Uh, we'll see the poll after. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the results now. It's just, but I'll tell you after. Um, but yeah, like you say, a good form um, from Leeds in the last few games of. Won the last four um, and drew the two previous to that, so unbeaten in, in six really. Um, beat Reading one nil. Beat Leeds. Uh, sorry, beat Luton two one. Leeds beat, beat Leeds. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Leeds Neville section. Neville. Le- Leeds section. Um, yeah, some very good results in the past couple of games. Like you said, not as aggressive, um, and I don't think they're going to reach that kind of burnout that they had last year. Mm. Um, great squad. Um, we kind of know a lot about their teams compared yeah. to most of the championship Calvin teams, Phillips was tip for England on Sky Sports yeah the he was yeah um, as we know from that with, with Calvin Phillips he's kind of the the key really in in their formation so they play a 4-1-4-1 um, Stuart Dallas uh, is it Ben White is it um, yeah. Liam Cooper Alioski is now plays left back now. yeah he plays left back he used to be sort of a, a winger didn't he he did yeah, yeah. um but I'm sure right did, didn't back. Stuart Dallas also used to play as sort of Dallas, Dallas used yeah, to be, so yeah. they've converted both of them to kind of full backs which is yeah, I imagine because of injury very to what's his name what a ponytail Luke Allen Luke Allen yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah I imagine it works very well for them though because on the overlap you know you've got Jack Harrison Pablo Hernandez on either side and then you've got on Marvelous. the overlap as well you're having to deal with Stuart Dallas and Alioski so very dangerous. Um, then you've got Adam Forshaw, um, Matthias Click, and Patrick Bamford. So yeah, a few few explorer players in there. We wouldn't mind having back now, but um, yeah, it's it's going to be a difficult game against them. They they have a sort of really good way of playing. Um, Bielsa is a very good tactician. Um, there was that kind of thing we were saying last year about them, wasn't he? Where I was on about he said he'd mastered the art of watching two games at once um, he was saying kind of in his analysis of when he's kind of looking back at games and doing preparation for upcoming games that he, he watches two games at once and he can take in both games at once and <laughs> yeah he, he was just kind of mental the way he was on about it and uh, kill, he kills two birds in one stone and um, saves time <laughs> fair enough well and Dana yeah they've, I, think they've, I think Leeds have got probably the best midfielder um, in the championship in in Colvin Phillips. Um, we've also got one of the best creators um, in the championship as well in Pablo Hernandez. Um, and they suit exactly the style of uh, football that they play. They're more a possession-based team. They've, I think their average possession is about 60%. Ours is about 40, I think. Um, <laughs> 40 if we're lucky. Counter-attack inside. I think we had, didn't we have like 39% possession against Barnsley last night? In the first half, I think, yeah. Jesus, wept. So, I mean, their manager didn't lie. Yeah. He really didn't lie, he was telling the truth. Well, you know what is lying? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Not again. I wasn't going to say anything. about this. <laughs> but go on. He didn't actually, did he? We just knew what he was talking about. Um, yeah, they've they've won their last four home matches. Um, we've failed to win our last eight away matches. Uh, they've won uh, with a one-goal margin in their last three ma- uh, championship games, and uh, this is good for us. Uh they're undefeated in their last six home matches against Millsbury in all competitions. I remember one, it was Billy Sharp scored right at the end. Yeah, I remember that. Sucker punch. That was Thomas Mahia's mistake. <laughs> Not surprised. Is that that game? Yeah, they're, um, they're obviously a, a team that dominate possession. They, they do press. They seem to be more clever with their press now. Um, they are second. They're, they're doing incredibly well. Um but I, I was I was speaking earlier, and I think that it'll either be one of those games where we get absolutely done for, or we'll shit house a one 0 win. It, it it's either going to go that way, um, and I do think that it might suit us the the, the counter attacking style of play because if we kind of sit back and try to contain the pressure, and then spring on on the counter attack, and I think Tav will be important to that, um, then you know we just need to finish our chances and hopefully we can get something out of the game. Fair enough. Score predictions. You know what I'm thinking? One one, and I will take that. One one for Dana. Else, um, two nil leads. 
I can't see our first away win coming away at Leeds. Unfortunately, I think they're just going to be too good for us. I think we'll we'll give it a good go um, in the first half. We'll work hard. Um, we, I think we will. Rolls we're we're going to have our sleeves up. We're going to have to really. Um, Put but chalk I think, in our boots. I think uh, go like the derby game. The quality is just going to show. I know we've got to send it off, but I think the quality is just going to show. Um, they've got too many good players that are, I think just going to run rings around some of ours. Really. I love how I said it's going to either be one 0 to us or we're going to get battered, and then I went for one one. <laughs> Anyways. Classic Dana. Um, I'm gonna you should have went 3-1 like Dave. Yeah. Good old Davey. Um, I'm going to probably say get beat as well. I think I, I can't see us picking up I can't see us picking up a point away at Leeds. Um, I also think Bamford's going to probably score as well and run over the away fans and slide in his knees. With he's like, definitely going to celebrate. He's 100% going to celebrate. And it's because I called him bang average on the podcast last year. And he's just <laughs> got, I'm waiting for it to come back to haunt me. Um, you know what he is though? He is the Cameron Jerome of the championship right now. Yeah. He's not good enough for the Premier League and he's alright for the Championship. There you go, there I said it. Um, right before I round things up, guys, the result of the um, the mid-pod mid poll is um, there was 71 votes in this time and there was 59% said that Marvin Johnson was to blame for the draw um, with Woodgate with 41%. It was actually 50-50 for a long time. It so it's 57-43 for me. Oh, oh, it has changed. Ooh, must have had a couple 82. of votes. 82 votes. It's very so close. 57-43 yeah. now. Um, but, see, I mean, the argument's there. The argument's there, so... Yeah. I understand either side. Yeah. I would norm- I was. I would normally do the, um, what your team predictions, but if I'm really honest, I don't think we can get a team out, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Hayden Hackney, um, Nathan Wood, yeah. Tyrone O'Neill. Um, Trent Connor Cooper will still play. <laughs> But honestly, we're gonna have to. Janine, your medal. If if we get any more, I don't know what we're, I don't know what we're gonna do. We're, gonna, we're gonna have to start doing trials over on a school field after. Johnny, get your boots on. <laughs> I know you'll start playing again. Yeah, we're gonna have to. I don't know who's I don't know who's left. I know. Fair enough, right, guys? Thank you very much, as always. Um, Thank you very much for listening to the Board Breakdown podcast. As always, guys, like, share, subscribe um, to the Board Breakdown channel. Give us five-star rating um, on Apple Podcasts. Um, that helps us get found, but also goes up the Apple Podcast rankings and helps us get charted as well, which is pretty cool. And I like saying that to all my mates. Um, so thank you very much, guys. Um, the Board picked up four points um, over the last week, but are we going to pick up an extra... Are we going to pick up a point in the next five? Who knows? At least we won, eh? Want support? Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Avanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Avanelli spots out. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.